Hi, I'm Lisa Eddy, your host of the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle Podcast, where we reveal and explore both modern and ancient beauty secrets so you can radiate your true power and beauty both inside and out. Hello and welcome to another solo episode of the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle Podcast. This is not just any solo episode. This one is very near and dear to my heart. In fact, I'm sharing my story of domestic violence as the little girl who couldn't and the woman who did. I'm intentionally releasing this podcast as the 50th episode of the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle, which falls on September 27th. It seems very fitting because, well, I'm 50 years old at the moment, and September being a nine month and two and seven equaling nine makes that another nine. If you're not familiar with numerology, I have a great episode on it, and I wish I knew the number off the top of my head to say it, but I will drop it in the show link. The title of the episode is What Are Repeating Numbers Mean with Lisa Spiron, and it's fantastic. The point is, is that numbers speak to us and the universe speaks to us in numbers and nine is a power number. It's a very spiritual number. It's endings and beginnings. So I very thoughtfully, very intentionally selected this release date as the 50th episode to share my story on domestic violence. Also, disclaimer here, if you are a regular here listening to me, you may hear that my voice is a bit hoarse or raspy. I have been going through a major purging after some spiritual growth at a retreat I just did, and my body is just purging out some gunk. So please forgive me if I sound funky. Heads up. Also, one more thing before we delve into this so important topic is that I am doing a giveaway at the end of this episode. So please stay tuned to win. It's a win for more than me, more than you. It's a win, win, win. That said, did you know that death of a woman by her partner is still the number one cause of death worldwide? This is why I'm speaking on this very difficult topic and sharing my experience here with you today. You may not have experienced domestic violence, but how many of you have been annihilated by a partner where lust or love got the best of you and you sold out on some part of yourself? And if you have experienced domestic violence in any form, this episode may bring some things up for you. Please know there are some incredible resources available for your healing and If you or someone you know is currently in danger, I am also sharing the general domestic violence hotline in the show notes, as well as one of my favorite local San Francisco resources, La Casa de las Madres. That all said, in this episode, you'll not only hear my story with domestic violence as the little girl who couldn't and the woman who did, you will also get some tools and inspiration for your healing journey, or perhaps to assist in the healing of others on their journey. Domestic violence is about diminishing your power and your voice. It's about making you small and scared. And roughly one third of women will experience domestic violence in their lifetime. 
This means so many powerful, beautiful, smart leaders have experienced this. Maybe it is holding you back from going to the next level in your business or your journey. That was certainly the case for me. If you are embarking on a healing journey, I want to let you know how brave you are and how important this is because when women are empowered, we empower women. And Lord knows it is time for women's voices to be front and center. Today, I'll be sharing the little girl who couldn't and the woman who did from someone who lived it. And in my 25 years in the beauty industry, I have worked with thousands of women and I have witnessed so many powerful, beautiful, smart, kind women who were hiding in some parts of their lives because they were taught that their innate power and beauty is threatening and something to be afraid of themselves. So they rejected parts of themselves to fit in or at least not stand out. And that was my story too. Today, I mentor professional business women, aspiring leaders, online entrepreneurs, and influencers, and I guide them to embrace all of who they really are, learning how to merge and integrate their inner and outer power and beauty so they can feel empowered and beautiful in their skin, become the magnetic face of their business or company, and feel sexy and confident in their relationships. This brings me to my journey and how I rejected my beauty, my power, my voice, my confidence, and my knowing, and how I regained it. Growing up, I witnessed domestic violence on a very regular basis. My parents were constantly fighting, and it often escalated to scary and dangerous heights. We had the police at our house more times than I can count or remember. I feel like they were like, oh gosh, we're getting another call from the Eddie's house. You know, it was like that. I remember this one particular time and I don't remember what they were fighting about or how it started or why, but I was overcome with the need to protect my mother. In my head, I remember thinking, I can't let him do this to her again. I have to stand up to this bully, even if this is my dad. I stepped in having learned how to spew venom with my words from the best, even at the tender age of nine. The next thing I know, he was sitting on top of me, hitting me. I can smell the musty odor of the rug under me and taste the fear as my father towered over me with his livid eyes and rage pouring out of him, rage that was landing onto my body. My dad had managed to successfully shut me up in that moment, which is exactly what he had intended to do, except it didn't just stop there. To call that experience and so many others I had with my parents abusive and dysfunctional is an understatement. One can't categorize the kind of terror or what that does to a child, and it definitely did something to me. That set the tone for me. It set the stage, the backdrop on which all my future relationships were built. For the next 40 years, the majority of the men I dated, and certainly the ones I ended up in relationship with, were emotionally abusive, controlling narcissists who wanted to silence my voice. So I hid. My whole life had been about not letting myself get too big, not drawing too much attention to myself, and finding a way to retain that middle child blending in syndrome because being too shiny and standing out had proven to be dangerous on more than one occasion. Ironically, I hid out in my career by lovingly supporting other women to shine behind a closed door in a dark treatment room. 
while I took a back seat. I didn't want to be too visible, too much, too big, or too obvious. I hid out in my relationships by bending over backwards and morphing into what the other person wanted, hiding my needs and my own truth because I had learned that I had to abandon my truth and my voice in order to get love, which led me to a relationship that catalyzed deep healing and repatterning. It all started very romantic and innocent. And in fact, what appeared to be a casual traveling fling, I became good at traveling flings because they felt safe. I could have a fling and get some of my relationship needs met, yet not risk getting trapped in another effed up relationship. But somehow, before I knew it, we were in an international relationship flying back and forth between Rome and San Francisco. Mateo, as I'm referring to him, was drop dead gorgeous. He looked like he belonged on the cover of Esquire magazine at 50 years old. We couldn't go anywhere without women staring at him. Like, jaw-dropping staring. (laughs) I too was taken by his physical beauty. He was tall, like 6'2", dark skin, beautiful hazel eyes, great thick dark hair, a beautiful physique with broad shoulders. I mean, he was a stunner. We weren't together often, but it was very romantic when we were. The chemistry was off the charts, but it wasn't like it being in a relationship on a day-to-day basis where you can see patterns and issues. Looking back, I can definitely see how I overlooked some things in this oh-so-romantic relationship. After several shorter visits, Mateo had decided to stay for a full month, and this visit got real. I had already seen some indicators of control issues and inconsideration on my previous visits to see him. Now I could see more. And as our relationship progressed, he wanted way more of my time and attention than was near realistic, especially being a mother. He was a bit of a mamoni, as they say, about the Italian men that get so spoiled by their mamas, they never fully grow up. His mother had done everything for him when she was alive. She would still sew buttons on his shirt when he was 40-something years old. Every day, Matteo would stop by her house in the morning on the way to work, and she would squeeze fresh orange juice for him and make lunch for him. He was seemingly unconcerned with her painful arthritic condition in her hands. Talk about the making of a narcissist, teaching these young boys that women should wait on them hand and foot without reciprocity equals a recipe for disaster in their future relationships of all kinds. There was the first time he scared me. We went out to dinner and drinks with friends that night. And when we got home, he was quick to anger, pointing his finger and yelling at me, I will crash you. Not knowing exactly what it meant, I heard him loud and clear, and in my head, for the first time, it hit me. This relationship was done. This was not the man I would grow old with. I had decided that I would let him live out his stay since he wasn't going to be staying with me much longer before he went back to Italy. Lesson learned, and here is a note for you as well. When it is done, it is done, and when you start to question your safety, staying is not an option. Things only escalate if not dealt with. 
And I was just trying to keep the peace and be nice and get him on his plane as soon as possible without any problems. But nice was not how he wanted to play. And it proved to be unsafe for me. So sometimes you can't play nice, especially when others don't play by the same rules. My daughter and I had just gotten home when he came back to the apartment. He was behaving childishly, seemingly annoyed and wanting me to know it. I was in full-on mommy mode with my girl, so I didn't fully realize what was going on. He was ignoring me like a big baby. He snatched up some food and a bottle of wine. Then he took it into the other room, dramatizing that he would not be eating with us without saying a word. My daughter and I ate dinner on our own and moved into our typical evening routine. While I am getting her ready for bed, I didn't realize he was getting loaded in the other room. I had just got my daughter to sleep. As usual, it had a hard time putting her down. She never wanted to go to bed. She was never a good sleeper, especially if there were others in the house or if my energy was high. She wanted to be a part of whatever was going on. So I had read her her favorite little book, three of them, including Goodnight Moon, and tucked her into her cozy little junior twin bed with her patchwork neon comforter and matching pajamas. The walls in the apartment, in her room, especially off the kitchen, it wasn't even actually a room. It was a pantry. So we had to be super quiet and extra thoughtful not to wake her. I come out of my daughter's room and enter my bedroom, jokingly saying to Mateo, okay, you're free to move about the cabin. He looks up at me all loopy and glassy eyed. And then he grabs me and starts singing this Italian song, like a complete drunkard. I break my wrist free. And I tell him like, I've got things to do. I, when I realize that he is like out of control, he starts talking all this drunk talk to me and telling me, Oh, the out of your balls in a week. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? In his broken English, he's saying crazy things. It's not like that, Mateo. I just have things to do. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Like I need to go sew, sew labels on my daughter's clothes and pack her lunch for school tomorrow. Like I can't even deal with this right now for the love of God. Stop. I'm not interested in you singing to me. And I'm also wondering like, how is it that I'm just now seeing how incompatible we were? That was where I missed signs. Note to self, do not miss those signs. So he's rambling on and drunk and annoyed. And all of a sudden he grabs my wrist again and squeezes it hard. He doesn't like me talking back with daggers coming out of his eyes and rage pouring out of his entire 6'2 frame, towering over my five foot four body. He waves his finger in my face and shouted that same line. I will crash you. I still didn't know what it meant, but I knew that it was not good. There were so many ways that Mateo actually reminded me of my father, his stature, his narcissism, his charisma, his beauty, his manipulation, his controlled manner that could quickly melt into a rage and his seeming discomfort in his physical body. My head was pounding and my heart was swimming with thoughts. My baby is sleeping in the other room with an earshot. I don't want to wake her or scare her or put her in any danger. So I'm trying to figure out what the heck to do. And the next thing I see is he raises his hand up to hit me. And at that moment, I was so present and grounded in the moment. I looked at him in the eyes and said, are you going to hit me? And those words snapped him out of his physical rage. I had done it. I had found my voice in the darkest hour. 
I immediately told him to leave. Me and you are done. You're not welcome here. You're no longer welcome in my home. But he would not leave. My stomach was turning and I felt myself trembling from the irrational assaults that now continued, which were way too familiar to me and way too close to home. My mind flashed back to my dad. Again, I have got to stand up to this bully. I will not be treated this way or put my daughter through the hell I went through. That was my motivation truly was to protect my daughter. My mother was not able to protect us. My daughter, unfortunately, I valued protecting her more than myself. I've since changed that, but that was my inspiration to do the right thing. So here he is. Now he's calling me a bitch and all these terrible names. And then I'm a terrible mom and my heart is racing and my blood is boiling and I am not sure what the hell to do. How do I protect my daughter and escape the wrath of him again? I have got to get him out of my house. So I tell him straight up, I'm calling the police. And he tells me that he'll tell them I'm a bitch again, totally irrational. So I warned him that that might work in Italy, but that wasn't going to work here. But honestly, I had no idea what they were going to do. I didn't think that they would arrest him because they never arrested my father. The police always came to our house when I was a kid and it was like, okay, behave better, do a better job, which looking back was ridiculous because it wasn't really serving and protecting when my mother clearly had bruises all over her. But my father was a mastermind manipulator and always remained calm and soft-spoken and in control. And my mother seemed like the more irrational one because she was responding to him. So the police officers knock on my door. Mateo is next to me peeking out in his self-righteous manner. And I told the police officer really quietly, listen, my daughter's sleeping in the other room. I don't want to cause a scene. This is now my ex-boyfriend. I want him out of my house. He won't leave. He got violent with me. And, you know, can, can you help me get him out? So the officer confirms his name. And, okay, this is your apartment. Da, 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 da. Yes. He looks at him and says, okay, Mateo, please step outside. And he looks at me and he goes, he's out. <laughs> so these officers were angels in uniforms. I have never been so pleased with a police officer in my life as I was this night. They were kind, caring, supportive, and funny to boot. They stayed and talked, taking pictures. And at that point, I had said, you know, I don't mind if he comes back in while you're here. And that's when they told me that, you know, he's on his way to jail. Little did I know that he would be arrested. But you know what? That is exactly what needed to transpire because he needed to learn a lesson that this was not okay. The next day, the local domestic violence shelter, La Casa de las Madres in San Francisco, where I was living, called me, and I cannot express to you how incredible it felt to have that support, knowing that someone actually cared about my safety and my well-being in my darkest hour was freaking huge. And Looking back, I was able to protect my daughter and myself in my darkest hour. I knew when I made the tough call to the police to protect me and my daughter that this was beyond me breaking the family chains and beyond me reclaiming the voice my father had successfully silenced for too long, that this was bigger than me. I found the voice in me that cares to the end of the earth about how I spend the rest of my days on this planet 
I immediately knew that this was about helping my sisters learn to stand up and find their voice and power in their darkest hours too. I get it. You've got it. I've got you. Whatever you have been through has been preparing you for that, preparing you to find your voice too. And domestic violence does not discriminate. There's no race, color, class, or creed. It knows no barriers. I too am the face of domestic violence, which people often wouldn't think. So if you are white and middle class and feel like you can't talk about it, reach out to me. I'm here for you. If you're Anyone who has struggled with domestic violence, feel free to reach out to me. One of the biggest breakthroughs in healing for me was when I was able to write this down and put it in a book. I want to share this with you and others so they can find their voice too. That said, I'm running a contest where three lucky winners will receive a signed copy of the book I wrote a chapter in. My chapter is the same as this podcast episode title, which is The Little Girl Who Couldn't and The Woman Who Did. And the title of the book is called Find Your Voice, Save Your Life, Volume 2. The title of this book ties back to what I shared in the beginning, which is that the leading cause of death in women is still death by their partner. And that has absolutely got to change. My intention is to create awareness and safety for others to speak up. And there is power in numbers. I would love to be able to give this gift to you. And in exchange, here's what I need from you and how this contest will work. So share this episode in your stories on social. For example, on Instagram, you can tag me at I am Lisa Eddy. Send me a snapshot of your story and you will instantly be entered in the raffle to win one of three signed copies to Find Your Voice, Save Your Life, Volume 2. I have made it my mission to help other women find their confidence and their voice. Now, more than ever, we need women with big hearts sharing their bold truths front and center. This is how we change the world together. I'm Lisa Eddy, your host of the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle Podcast. I hope this episode brought you insights and inspiration to help you radiate and shine with confidence. Remember to subscribe so you receive new episodes hot off the press right when they are released. And follow me on Instagram for more juicy tips at I am Lisa Eddy. Also, for those of you who are really ready to take it deeper and want to get in on some more of my secrets, you're going to want to download this tip sheet I have for you, The 7 Secrets to Radiant Skin. You'll find the link in my Instagram bio, again, at I am Lisa Eddy. This tip sheet is a guide for you, and when you start to use The 7 Secrets to Radiant Skin, you will be well on your way to being truly confident and shining through your skin. And that is my mission, to reach and empower millions of women across the globe waking them up to the sacred beauty lifestyle, owning their true power and beauty inside and out. So make sure you download that tip sheet from my bio on Instagram and join me on this journey. So you too can get on out there and shine. The world needs your light.